Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast, where we help business owners connect to their profits and earn their freedom. Join us as we discuss ways you can grow your small business, build your wealth, and help others along the way. Here's your host, Dan Cotton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and in today's episode, we are going to be listening to the wonderful and amazing Rihanna Luck talking about how to get the most out of your staff. Now, this was a pre-recorded session, a learning session that Rihanna did a little while back, but it still has so much valuable information that you can learn from. So what we're going to do is we're going to turn it over to her. We're going to listen to her session, and then I'm going to debrief it and give you some of my takeaways and some of the most important things I think that she talks about uh, that are some of the best steps moving forward to help you be as successful as you can be in your business, especially in 2022. With that said, let's get right to it. So let's get started. So today's topic, we're getting the most out of our staff over the last few sessions we've had, uh, our topic has been definitely centered around staffing. Um, we talked about onboarding and offboarding. We talked about in the other, uh, last month we talked about staff training and uh, retreats, which was really great. And then I thought we'd round out this uh, topic area with basically some, how we can bring it all together and get really get the most out of our staff as we go through with them. So um, as, before we get started, I just kind of want to get an idea of where you think, if you can rate yourself on a scale of one to 10, um, how effective are your staff? And are you really getting the most out of them? So think about your staff and on a scale of one to 10, rate how effective you believe your staff are. And I'll give just a second for all of you guys to toss that in the chat box writing it in there because I can't see any of the chats at the moment. Oh, there we go. Awesome. Jen, here we go. Now they're popping up. We have four staff that are outstanding. I'd give them a nine or a 10. That's really great. What about everybody else? The rest may be a four. Awesome. Okay. So we'll kind of get some ideas on, um, great on how we can get the most out of our staff that way. And Jess said, that's a cool idea, rating yourself. Rate yourself a 7.5 and an eight for the past few weeks. Well, good job. And um, Jess, what about your staff? Is that related to your staff or is that related to your, that's yourself? Oh, in regards to staff. Cool, awesome. That's a great idea though. I love it. Doing that on a regular basis, rating your staff, seeing, because then you can really uh, get some ideas on how you can improve that. What about everybody else? We've got, so Ashley, welcome. Um, just put in the chat box on a scale of one to 10, how you'd rate your staff. Liz is hopping on, awesome. And Cindy, if you want, and Kagan, if you want to toss that on there too. And Cindy, a seven, that's pretty good for your staff. See if we can bump that up a little bit. There's a few more people hopping on, just gonna let them hop on. 
and Ashley, some that are a four and some that are maybe a seven. Yeah, it's the broad range, right? And then finding a way to make sure that everybody is on the higher end of that. That's great. Welcome, Liz. Welcome, Curtis. Good to see you guys. So we're just getting started and opening up with how to get the most of your staff um, and rating where they're at right now. Kagan, for the most part, an eight to nine, eight or nine and others at a four. Awesome. Yeah, and I think we're all gonna have the range within a lot of those, right? So let's, great guys, let's get started with some of this stuff here. So we're gonna talk about the top five tips to get the most out of your staff. And the first one is not micromanaging. There's a video that's gonna pop up in a second that is um, pretty fantastic and powerful. So we're gonna kick back and watch that. It's only about four minutes long. And that started. Hi, I'm Hans Finzel. Today we're going to talk about micromanagers and the five signs that you're a micromanager. Just read an article today in the paper that was saying 55% of the workforce in America says they become less productive when they work under a micromanager. So how do you know if you're a micromanager? Five signs that you're a micromanager. Number one, controlling. Uh, that should be obvious. Control freaks. I have to be in on everything, I have to be up on everything, and everything has to pass through my hands and past my eyes. That's a controlling micromanager. Sometimes in my career, I've had people come to me in the organization, and they would be surprised that I didn't know about something going on in the far reaches of our of our ministry, our organization, and uh, they would be surprised. And I would say, you know, I don't have to know everything. And I don't have to be in on every decision because a good delegator just relaxes and releases. So number one, controlling. Number two, there's only one way to do the job. That's definitely a micromanager. And that one way is my way. There's only one way to do this job. Number three, impatience. Unrealistic deadlines. You give somebody a job to do, but you don't give them nearly enough time to do it because secretly you're thinking to yourself, I could do it so much faster. You see, that's a controlling, micromanaging spirit, and we get impatient. If you're really going to become a great delegator, you've got to learn the art of patience. Number four, constant contact, what I call hovering. You're hovering over the people as they're doing the job, and you're looking over their shoulders every minute. And, and as they're sitting at their workstation, you're coming by constantly seeing how they're doing. You see, that's a micromanager that actually wants to inspect every little step of the way of the task or the project getting completed. And number five, TMI. Our kids are always talking about TMI. Have you ever heard of that? Too much information? Uh, a manager and a leader can give the followers too much information. You smother them with too many instructions. And that, again, is micromanagement. Have you ever had uh, a situation where you've been so delightfully surprised by somebody far surpassing uh, what you thought they would do? I had that happened to me. Uh, we did a major redesign of our website. That's something everybody has to do all the time. And I had a new guy that worked for me and his team, and we gave them that responsibility, come up with a whole new design. 
And I was just amazed. I was overwhelmed, not underwhelmed. I was overwhelmed at how much better. Now, see, I'm technologically savvy, and I love to get in the middle of technology and technology projects and, and whatever it is. But I decided to release and let these guys really have at it. And what they brought back to me was beautiful. And it was a great lesson for me and trust people and delegate. So how do you avoid being a micromanager? Well, here's the solutions. Number one, relax. You know, control freaks just need to relax. Just realize you don't have to be in on everything. You don't have to be up on everything. Sometimes people get insecure. I've seen leaders feel insecure. You know, if I'm not in on every decision, I have no value. Uh, so I need to be in the middle of everything because that's where I find my value. No, your value should come from leading through those people as you release them. So re relax. Number two, release. Release people and release them to do the job their way, not your way, but the way it'll get done. You know, there's lots of ways to get a job done. Now, if you're in the military and you're waging a war, there's only one way to fight a battle. And if you're in the operating room, there's probably only one right way to transplant a heart. But a lot of what we do is not like that. And there is not an exact prescribed procedure for doing stuff. So I find if we can allow people to own a job, to own a task, they will love it and they will, they will, they will delight you with the results better than you even expected. So release. Number three, be patient. It really takes patience to be a good delegator and not a micromanager. Give them time to do the job. And number four, along with that, give them some space. You don't want to hover over them. You don't want to smother them like mother hen or like constantly looking over their shoulders and checking up on them. When you're constantly checking up on people, that is a sure sign of a micromanager. And it communicates lack of trust. So give space. And number five, don't smother them with too much information. Give them what they need to know clearly the expectations of the task or the job, but don't smother them with too much information. I hope you will practice the fine art of not being a micromanager. All right, there you go, guys. I uh, There are some really great tidbits of information in there that I kind of took away from that. Um, and it's so, thinking back on it, I know that I've, I'm sure we've all been in a situation where we've been a micromanager. We're all type A people for the most part and uh, want to have that control over things. And often, you know, we think, okay, well, I can do it better. I can do it faster. And we talk a lot about that in the academy and creating systems around that too. But the fact that people are often less productive when you're micromanaging and not trusting them with um, the tasks at hand. Um, I've been there where I've been the one that's hovering over the front desk and stepping in if somebody's asking a question to our front desk lady, um, at, to Lori, and, and then I've popped in and answered. And I've really had to be conscious about that and step away and, and not do those things and kind of, like you said, let them own, own those tasks. So um, toss in the chat box, are you a micromanager? How do you think, where are you at with that? Maybe you are kind of, maybe you've been working on it. Um, just take a minute to reflect on that. Yes, by nature, but you're getting there. I could, I understand. I could see that too, Jess. I feel you. <laughs>
you have to be super uh, intentional about letting some of that stuff go and putting things in places so that you don't have to micromanage and you can let your staff own the tasks and, and really run with it. What about everybody else? Are you a micromanager? Just gonna let you take a second. Um, very little yes from Curtis, but no staff at the moment to micromanage. You're going to get there. You're going to get those staff to micromanage. So you can micromanage yourself at the moment then. Um, Crystal has been getting better. Yep, Ashley guilty for sure, but making it a priority to work on it. And Cindy working on it and getting better. Sometimes for Jen, uh, try not to. I definitely don't want to to my staff. Yeah, that's all. Yep, I think we're all there. I think we've all been in situations where we're at, but it's good to be aware that it's not the most effective way to get um, as much as we can out of our staff. So that's number one and some tips along them. Again, like you said, trust them um, and put some things in place so that you are able to trust them. Encourage autonomy so that they can it's there's not always that one way to do something right it maybe the way that you're doing it is not the most effective way to do it maybe they're going to find out a better way to do it and figure that out so again like you said it may they may surprise you so then the next thing on here is communication and i know this is super obvious but what things do you have in place um stuff like do you communicate your goals and your metrics um, on a regular basis at your staff meetings do you communicate what you want to get um you know your numbers and all that kind of stuff make sure you're being really clear on that so that they can start to buy into what you're what you're uh, working towards and understand why you're doing some of the things that you're doing. Um, make sure you're communicating regularly on scheduling. Do you have stuff like scheduling apps so that it's really clear um, for them as well? And then I'm just, uh, do you have the weekly staff meetings? I know that a lot of you guys do already, which is really fantastic. Um, and at those weekly staff meetings, you can talk a lot about a lot of this stuff. Um, and then making sure that you're getting ongoing feedback and communication from them. And of course, everybody's hopping on the Trello bandwagon. That's another great way to do it. And then stuff like group chats. So let's just toss in the chat on a scale of one to 10. How would you rate your communication with your staff? Do you regularly communicate with them? 10, you're bang up, you do a great job. They're in the know all the time. And one is, um, you know, you don't have any of those systems in place. Great, nine, eight, look at that, look at you guys go. Seven, question mark. <laughs> when you get this gym there, Curtis, you're gonna hit the road running and you're gonna be all set to go. It's fantastic. Good, so everybody's kind of sitting on the high end of communication. That's fantastic, guys, good job. Okay, so then let's move on to the accountability piece. So this is a big one as well to making sure that you're getting the most of your stuff. You can have um, those ones that are those automatically they take initiative and they're, that's their personality. There are those nine and, and tens on your staff right now, but how can you get those fours and fives up to where you want them to be? And a piece of that is definitely accountability. So uh, just toss in the chat right now on a scale of one to 10, how effective are you at holding your staff accountable right now? Great. Okay. Well, that's definitely, I know that I've been in that spot too, guys, where it's harder sometimes uh, and uncomfortable to be the one to hold staff accountable. But if we want to get to the point where they are um, doing 
as best as they can, then we definitely need to be able to hold them accountable. Um, and, uh, and then you get less frustrated with them, right? I had somebody on staff that one of our rules had been um, in our preschool classroom, they weren't allowed to have their phones up there. And she would consistently bring her phone up and it just got to the point where it was really frustrating. And rather than dealing with it right off the bat, um, it got to the point where we ended up letting her go. And if we had held her accountable at the start, you know, could we have avoided that? Um, so making sure that you have scheduled reviews in there. And I do believe in um, the academy members area, there is some reviews, staff reviews in there as well. So take a look at some of those. Do you have them either uh, quarterly or every half year or once a year at least? You should be doing them once a year, some scheduled reviews with all of your staff. Um, make sure that you have a clear write-up policy on there too. When we first, uh, for quite a long time, our write-up policy was the first instance was a verbal warning, um, and then the next instance was written, and then we did another written, and then it was we let them go. And after reviewing that uh, write-up policy with our lawyer, he recommended, you know what, get rid of the verbal warning with it because there is no, um, you cannot have, there's no proof of it, right? Um, and it doesn't really hold and holds them accountable to it. So if you want to have an actual write-up policy, start with that first write-up um, and then second and be super clear on what that policy is with your staff as well. Um, it was uncomfortable for a long time for me to, to do write-ups, but now we've gotten a lot better that if there's something that comes up, sometimes you have to give a little bit of grace, um, but for the most part, they get a write-up right away. Um, Timely accountability, if something's going on, um, then you need to deal with it right away. Don't let it sit because then it's not going to be as recent, right? So talk to them right away about it. Um, and then let's talk a little bit about the next thing on here is perks and recognition. And there's a lot of great, great, great resources in the members area for this. And I know a lot of you guys do some things already. Um, some examples. Um, We've done, this was our sign that we put on all of our staff lawns this year, and uh, it was just uh, super easy and fairly cheap. Um, we've done massages as well, the gift cards too. There's so many different ideas, and I wanted to pop up and show you um, super quick as long as this shares. So in the members area, if you have not seen this yet, this is a fantastic resource. It's 52 um, epic ways to reward your staff. Um, so take a look at that. There's so many great ideas in here on uh, just different little perks and stuff like that that you can do for your staff. And then um, the other resource that you're going to want to take a look at too, and I'll share the link for all of this to you for you guys as well. Oopsies, sorry is uh, there's a few employee incentive programs. So if you're looking for, I know Shelly does an extensive one um, for staff that go over and above, that's the first link in the members area. Um, and you get points for it and stuff like that, um, that they can accumulate stuff like the administrative tasks, uh, covering, a classic, covering classes, working weekend shifts, birthdays, can, anytime they do continued education, um, all these really great ideas in here. So take a look at that if you're wanting to provide some extra perks for staff. But then also one of the things that we've uh, done in the past and are going back to, um, we've done on-call incentive program. And if you're not doing on-call shifts yet for your staff, I would 
suggest potentially doing it at this time of year uh, or this time um, just with COVID and the likelihood of having staff that can't come in if they're showing any signs. Um, we've gone ahead and um, started on-call shifts again for every, every evening. And uh, when we first started doing it, we had actually an incentive program too, and that's linked in the members area too that you can take a look at. Um, so that's in here, just kind of how we initially started going with that. But we realized uh, recently I had a staff member that called me and said, hey, I was hanging out with a friend last night and this morning they have to go in and go get tested for COVID. Am I allowed to come in? And I said, no, unfortunately you can't until that test comes back negative. Um, and so then we were scrambling to find somebody to cover for that. So that's where now we know that we need to have that on-call schedule up and running again. Um, so just before we hop over to that, uh, toss in the chat too, what are some things, some perks and incentives that you guys have going for your staff currently? So I know there's a lot of really great stuff. Uh, Ashley, I don't know if it's Ashley Shepard that's on right now, but you had, uh, put out those super cute windmill flower things, uh, on the front at the front of your gym too. That was a fantastic idea. So if you guys didn't see that. They get a high five or no discipline since they did their job. Mm -hmm. Gift cards. <laughs> Camp instructor, $25 cash for each kid she got enrolled for the second week. That's a great idea. Cause like they say, cash is king, right? Um, even stuff like, um, I know Shelly, it's easy for them to get away for cruises and stuff like that. So she's done cruises and staff bonding your Christmas events, all those kind of things. Those are all really great. Yeah. And your point system, only a few staff are really receptive. Hmm. Interesting. What, uh, is it something that you're going to keep, Jess, or are you going to get rid of? Oh yeah, gift cards in the past and Christmas parties. Just gonna mute. Um, yes, younger staff just doesn't do it. Do you know what, Jess? I found that some of our staff did, and some of our staff didn't too. And it was the process in which they had to do it. Um, and I mean, if they aren't interested in doing it, then it's. I mean, that's kind of a little bit on them, but we tried to simplify the process to accumulate the points as well um, in that. So I'm not sure what you're doing. We had done it as a Google sheet or a Google form originally um, and uh, would send out reminders that the submissions and stuff were due at a particular date so that they got that stuff in there. Um, and Crystal, dinner for them and their families, staff bonding at a vacation home, Christmas gifts, great. We've also done um, I'll make sometimes um, I'll make dinner and bring it in in the crock pot and have that for them too. Um, it's Google Form right now, maybe Trello somewhere. Yeah, or else, or else we put it in. I don't know if you have a staff, staff Facebook group too. We had it uh, the link in it, so it was easily accessible for them. Um, but ultimately, it might not be of interest to some of them, and that might not be how they are. Um, motivated either and that's okay because not everybody's motivated by it um how do you balance the rewarding with not adding to the pansy generation 
What do you mean by that, Curtis? Just, can you explain? Sorry. <laughs> Entitled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I get that. Yeah, I, it's, it is a hard thing to balance because I also, um, I'm not the type of person either that is one that will go over. If you're not doing extra, then I'm not gonna necessarily always come to you and say, hey, good job and thank you. Um, but I've come to realize that staff need to feel appreciated. And so um, I've been trying to make a more conscious effort and kind of uh, be a little bit more intentional on how I am showing appreciation to our staff um, and making sure that it's, specific to it what they're doing a good job of um, because it's like kids too if you don't recognize the good that they're doing even if it's something they should be doing on a regular basis like making their bed and just say thank you for doing that um, then they sometimes feel underappreciated and stuff and that's then they're not as productive either so I don't know if that helps but it is it's it's hard and I think we potentially um, I don't, that's not the kind of person that I am. I don't thrive off of um, recognition and stuff, but some people do, right? And understanding what that is for everybody and not all of your staff are going to need that recognition and, and um, the perks and stuff like that. So you kind of need to do some of those, you know, the DISC assessment or some of those assessments. And even that um, there's that really great staff um, info form in the members area too to figure out what they're interested in what motivates them and stuff like that because for some maybe it is public recognition or maybe it is just a, a you know a quick little text um, saying thank you but you kind of have to figure out what motivates everybody and kind of try to be intentional about that so I don't know if that helps at all <laughs> Uh, great. Okay, so then let's talk then improve their skills with training. And I know we talked a lot about this uh, last month, but wanted to round that out in here too, because it's really important um, that you're doing that. Um, oh, oopsies, this may not have updated. Sorry, guys. Dang. Okay, so stuff like um, with your weekly or with your training and stuff there, um, making sure that there's opportunities for them to advance their skills um, in some way, shape, or form. So maybe in your quarterly evaluations or evaluations at some point in time, ask them what where they feel like they need to improve, right? And and if you have somebody for example, like uh, let's take social media, and I know I've talked about her before, but we, our social media gal wanted to improve on her skills there, and so we found a course for her to take. Um, so is there a particular area that your staff feels like they're weak, um, and how can you support them with that? If you have your um, all-star coaches, maybe they're not comfortable coaching the higher level tumbling skills, what can you do to help support that and provide some um, in services and stuff like that too but then the other pieces of it as well is use I know that we all have staff that are very knowledge knowledgeable in particular areas um, so how can you use them to then continue to train your other staff um, one of our coaches comes from the gymnastics background and so we're doing it um, an in-service where she's going to be teaching a bunch of stuff um, to the rest of our staff as well so either you can do that internal internally or externally um, 
So uh, what, uh, what kind of things do you do with your staff already? Stuff like even the Trello bootcamp um, and those kind of things to develop some autonomy um, and training with them. So what are you doing right now to help improve their knowledge base um, and also making sure you kind of like we said in our last call too um, you want to get to the point where you have some staff that are more knowledgeable and smarter than you are in particular areas right so like my social media gal she knows way more now than I do about it um, I shouldn't say way more but she knows more of some of the intricacies and stuff like that um, so how can you get some of those staff to the point where they're more knowledgeable how do you get them to want to take the training? We normally attend in-person conferences, but this year everything is virtual and having a heck of a time getting people to want to attend those. Yeah, I know, and some are motivated by those and some aren't. The virtual training is hard. I think, Liz, too, having some conversations with them where it's as easy as asking, you know, where, what kind of training would you like to see? Can you do something in person at your gym? Um, for sure, I understand, yeah. You can't make it mandatory, but I can't afford to pay everyone for it, for sure. Um, but I would sit down and have some conversations with them individually, because some might feel like they're um, okay in particular areas and they don't need it as much. The um, And it depends on what their roles are and stuff like that too. So trying to find a little bit more individualized training, um, but then also being really uh, clear with them on where you feel like they could stand to grow as well. So toss in the comments to guys, what are you currently doing to provide continued education and training? Um, quarterly tumbling training, spotting clinics. Awesome. And marketing and tech people do a bunch of business webinars and report back. There's so much great content out there that you can find. Um, too, and our front desk girl, most of you guys know Lori, there's a there's some stuff that we had signed up for too that she was doing, just so that it's great when they can start to understand a little bit more why you're doing some of this stuff, and even the resources that are in the academy, right, some of the videos, what can they start to watch. Um, and if you weren't on the call last month uh, as well, just about on staff training too, another great idea that we've done in the past too is taking those staff members that might be weak in a particular area. Let's just take like tumbling, for example. If you have um, a staff that needs to get better at, I don't know, you want them to improve at tux, at tux training um, and, uh, and tux drills, like their repertoire is not that big. Have them actually teach that at one of your staff training sessions. So then they become the experts and they learn a lot more because as soon as they have to teach on it, they're going to have to spend more time learning on it. So then they'll retain that a lot more. So what can you do in that regards um, to encourage them um, in becoming an expert in that? So uh, Cindy, I do tumbling lessons, post videos on our coaches' Facebook pages. Great. Okay, so let's just chat a little bit about lastly, what will you begin to incorporate for this season to get the most out of your staff? Something that you're not doing already, um, maybe you're going to start to try be a little step back and not jump in when your staff and not micromanage as much um, and be more intentional with that. Maybe you're going to um, give them a little bit more autonomy somehow. Um, or provide some more training opportunities. A lot of these things to get more out of your staff, or maybe I, I, 
I know a lot of you guys in terms of the um, accountability piece, that was your numbers were a bit lower on that on your rating. So maybe it, that's an area that you need to spend some time on right now is um, intentionally holding your staff more accountable. Liz took yourself completely out of the coaching schedule. Good for you. Started requiring class practice plans, end of day reports, weekly benchmark videos. Awesome. I'm excited. I'm only coaching one team this year, but I'm coaching them because I want to. It's our world's team that hopefully can go to worlds this year. Who knows what worlds is going to look like? Hoping it's something. Yeah, and Crystal liked the idea of having staff lead the training on a particular skill. It's really great, actually, um, to do that because then they do become very knowledgeable in those areas. Um, and delegated head coach, assistant coach responsibilities. Awesome. It will hopefully help. I think, guys, in, in all of this, too, like I said, um, that accountability piece is such an important piece in all of this, right? We all are, are micromanagers by heart um, or traits of ours, but so that is a piece of it. And then that accountability piece, and I know it makes a lot of us uncomfortable. And I think sometimes, um, at least for me, worry about the potential of losing staff um, because we're holding accountable, but you're going to get more out of them. Um, you're going to have a better morale within your staff by holding people accountable and, um, and holding them to that high standard too. So, and then ultimately if, if somebody can, is not okay with you holding them accountable then they're probably not right for your program and for your gym and stuff. Um, and Curtis will be doing regularly scheduled staff meetings for sure. Awesome. Great. Lots of great stuff guys. All right. So that was such an awesome discussion. Now, what Rihanna was doing during that was she actually had a group on a Zoom call and uh, they were typing in comments and uh, responding, giving her feedback as she would ask those questions. And not only was it cool to hear all the great information and great ideas and also hear some of the things that uh, other gym owners were going through, but what was really cool about that is you guys got to kind of hear how one of the next gen coaching sessions go. Now they're not always in a group environment like that. Oftentimes they're more one-on-one -on -one depending on what package level people have, but this was just an open education break for our Academy clients and uh, pretty cool to listen to kind of the coaching and people encouraging each other and brainstorming together to make each other's gyms great. Uh, some of the key things I thought were so important to take away from that. One is if you need to go back and re-listen to the, the additional interview talking about micromanaging. I mean, such important information and something that a lot of us as gym owners and coaches oftentimes will divert to is kind of a micromanaging approach. Uh, most of us started our gym with ourselves and we've put a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and personal labor into them. And so it's so easy to default to, well, you're not doing it my way and my way is what built this thing. Uh, but maybe your way isn't always the best way. Uh, I have learned so, so much from my employees and friends and uh, other people who've worked with me or for me and gradually adopted and changed and modified my ways. Um, if you really have all the answers, you are a truly lucky person. And oftentimes there are people with really great ideas. You know, I learned early on in my military career as an officer uh, was I needed to shut up and listen 
to my NCOs, my senior enlisted who had 10, 15 years, 20 years experience in the army and doing uh, small infantry unit tactics and listen to their feedback. And, and it was my job to take all of that information and take what I'd been taught and learned and package it into a meaningful plan, uh, take all their, their thoughts and, and put them together. And I think that's a lot of what we do as business owners is as we build employees, as we get employees, as we start taking all of their information and their knowledge and the things that we've delegated to them and then we put it together into a meaningful plan for the business as a whole. Because you're not really gonna often have employees who really think of the whole picture from a 30,000 foot view. So avoiding that micromanaging and empowering your employees is just so important. I thought that part was really, really amazing. Uh, and then as, as they went into talking about accountability and staff incentivization and training, so much good knowledge there. Um, at the end of the day, morale is a huge part of being an employee and we want our staff to be excited and be happy and proud to work where they work. And that's gonna be uh, bolstered and improved by making employees feel like they are important. And that even comes from making employees be held accountable. Uh, I've talked about this in other podcasts where, you know, kids want to be held accountable. People don't like as much as we want to think we like a environment where there are no rules, where um, people are not rewarded for their hard work and they don't receive negative consequences for their lack of hard work, uh, lack of ability to play within the lines and be a part of the team. So it's important for you as an owner to make sure that you're holding people accountable and you are not allowing them to uh, do things that negatively impact the gym, negatively impact the team, and they're actually living up to the standards that you set. And you will find that although there may be certain people that don't fit within those standards, the people you do have that fit within them, you're going to have a much stronger team, a much dedicated team, and a much more excited group of people who want to work for you. So I thought that part was super interesting and very worth taking some time to think about and consider. And uh, it's something that we're always looking at. You know, How else can we show our staff that we appreciate them? How else can we make them feel like there is opportunity to progress and that's one of the unique things about the cheerleading industry is a lot of people employ part-time or even less than part-time employees uh, just kind of an hourly they maybe work 10 15 hours a week and how do we make those people feel like they're a vet a really important part of the program how do we make those people feel valuable and wanted and needed because at the end of the day that's the void that we're filling yes we give them a check but people also want to feel important they want to feel rewarded and fulfilled from their job uh, and they also want to have time off so what are all those different things how do we balance that and how do we make people feel like this is a real job um, you're gonna find that you have issues with attendance and people not showing up and not doing things the way they want to you want them to do them because uh, they don't feel like it's a real job it's more of just kind of like I do this because I want to not because I care that much or because I need to so what are you doing to make your employment and your employees feel like they're doing a real job that they're actually important and what they do is of value I think that is a really important question to answer uh, to be a great employee and get them or employer and get the most out of your staff. 
All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Next Generation People and Profits podcast. Again, I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and I am so grateful for you joining us. Uh, if you would like to check us out, you can always go to the Next Generation Gym Owners uh, website, and you can just Google, Google Next Generation Gym Owners or uh, visit us at nextgenerationgymowners.com. Uh, we would love to see you over there and you can learn more about what we do uh, and the coaching and, and programs that we provide. Uh, with that, I will see you all next week on another episode. We'll catch you there. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Next Generation, Connecting People and Profits podcast. If you love this content, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and head over to our website to sign up for our emails with tips and tricks on how to grow your business. 